Hello and welcome to Camel Screen Guild Players from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. From Hollywood, Camel Cigarettes presents the Screen Guild Players. Our stars, Deanna Durbin, Dick Haynes, and Charles Irwin. Our play, Up in Central Park. Our host, Camel Cigarettes. Experience is the best teacher. Try a camel. Let your own experience tell you why more people are smoking camels than ever before. Yes, let your T-zone tell you why. That's teeth for taste and teeth for throat, where you judge any cigarette. Try a camel and see how your taste enjoys camel's rich, full flavor. See what your throat has to report on camel's cool, cool mildness. Tonight, Camel Cigarettes presents the Screen Guild players in one of the red-letter events of the radio season. Universal International's great new musical hit, Up in Central Park. A delightful musical story of old New York in the 1870s, starring Dick Haynes as the reporter and Deanna Durbin as the girl, with Charles Irwin as her father, Timothy Moore. The Camel Screen Guild players in Up in Central Park. song. That was their victory hymn. We've been hearing that song too often in those days, back around 1870, that was. Every election night, in fact, his boss Tweed and the party celebrated another crooked victory at the polls. I was doing what I could to fight them. As a reporter for the New York Times, I told our readers plenty about William Marcy Tweed. Yes, I knew it was wrong, and I just couldn't prove it. It's a pretty rotten mess, all right. And you might wonder where Rosie Moore came in. Rosie Moore and her father fresh from abroad. Fresh from the fragrant old sordid self. 
Well, as a matter of fact, they came in that same day on the immigration launch from Ellis Island. And Rosie, standing at the rail, catching her first breathless glimpse of New York, said what millions of others have said before her, except that she said it in her own special way. Let you know, Rosie, after I've had my feet on it for a while. Oh, it's a wonderful place. Everyone wears fine clothes and, and gets to be a millionaire. Well, then, let's be going and get in our share. Come along, girl. They're preparing to land. Right this way, my friends. Right this way for transportation. Just step along to the omnibuses. We'll be glad to take you any place in the city. Father, did you hear that? Oh, isn't it wonderful? Come along, friend. There's plenty of room. Here, let me take your trunk, sir. Come along. Come along, folks. Oh, you don't. Now, we're not millionaires yet. We'll not be wasting our money on cabs. Oh, you don't understand. There's no charge for this service. It's just a little welcome to new arrivals. Provided absolutely free by Mr. William Marcy Tweed. Did you say so? Rosie, that's mighty decent of Mr. Tweed, isn't it? Yes, sir. Mr. Tweed must be a very great man. Great? Why, he's the boss of the whole country. Do you say so? Oh, would his name be in this, this booklet they gave us? Huh? No, that's the Constitution of the United States. That was written almost a hundred years ago. It's completely out of date. Now, uh, shall we go along? Well, if you could let us down at some nice boarding house. Some place where it is not too expensive. Oh, you'll have plenty of time for that later. Now, first you'll want to go and vote the straight party ticket. Vote? But how can my father vote when he isn't even a citizen? Well, uh, he won't be voting for himself. He'll be voting in somebody else's name. Well, I know. You see, there are lots of good party men, all registered voters who are too sick to come to the polls. And then there are lots of them who passed away, heaven rest their souls. But just because a man's had the misfortune to die, that's no reason to deny him his vote, is it now? Well, that, that wouldn't be showing the proper respect for the dead. No, no. Now, you'll be doing a very charitable thing when you vote. But uh, we don't expect you to be too charitable. So we're going to make you a present of two dollars. Two dollars. Rosie, how much is that in money? About eight shillings, Father. Do you say so? Tell me, mister, is there any limit on how many times a man can vote for these here dead party men? Of course not. This is a free country. Well, then, let's not be wasting so much time. Come along, mister. Let's go and vote. <laughs> Timothy Moore went out and voted. He voted quite enthusiastically, too. In fact, he voted 26 times. 
Now, even for the party, that was a record. So naturally, Mr. Moore came to Boss Tweed's attention. And as it happened, he fitted right into Tweed's plan. Apparently loyal, extremely zealous, and uh, obviously too stupid to ask any questions. Gentlemen, I'm going to make him superintendent of Central Park. Well, are we working on Central Park now, boss? Uh, we will be, Rogan. Can't go on improving the courthouse forever. <laughs> We've already drawn seven million from that. So now we'll just rebuild Central Park. Well, what's wrong with the park? Well, I'm surprised at you, man. Haven't you heard? There's too much dirt under the grass. <laughs> The very next day, Mr. Moore was installed in the superintendent's cottage in Central Park. By the saints, he thought, the most fantastic look. Yes, luck for him and luck for me, too. You see, that was how I first met Rosie. It was just a week or so later, I think, and I was walking in the park that afternoon, and I... John, if you'll excuse me, you were sitting on a bench. I was walking. <laughs> That's right, Rosie, you were walking. Till you saw the carousel. You know, you were just like a little girl. You rushed right over, bought a ticket, and got on. Well, I must say you weren't very far behind me. I glanced around, and there you were. You looked at me. Uh, you looked at me. <laughs> and then, very softly, you started to sing. The stately old trees waltz around in the breeze Near the small carousel in the park Tell me you could sing like that. Because I'm not in the habit of talking to strangers. Well, then, that's something we ought to remedy. I'm John Matthews. I'm a newspaper man. My parents are married, and I've never been in jail. Now, now if you'll tell me about yourself, we won't be strangers anymore. I, I'm sorry. I really must be going away. Oh, but you can't just run away like this. Will I see you again? Mm, I'm sure I can't say. Unless... Unless what? Unless you're out here tomorrow. Same time. Same place. Well, I walked around on there for a while after that. Didn't even notice where I was going until suddenly I found myself in the park zoo. There was only one other person there. A funny old duffer feeding the animals in their cages. I watched him for a minute or two, and then I couldn't help saying to him, Excuse me, 
But I think that sign says, don't feed the animals, doesn't it? Supposing it does, would it be applying to the superintendent? You mean you're the superintendent? The name is Moore. Timothy Moore. I'm superintendent of this here whole park. I'm terribly sorry, Mr. Moore. I, I didn't know. I, I never expected to find such an, such an important man actually working with his hands. Well, now, ordinarily, I stay in the office and just superintend. But I like to feed the wild buds myself. Ah. And them ducks will be even wilder than usual if I don't hurry up and give them their grapes. Grapes? I thought ducks ate grain. Ah, that they do. But they taste much better when they've been fed on grapes. But uh, who's going to taste them? The boss. Mr. Tweed? You mean he's the animal from the zoo? No, no, not all of them. Only the ducks and the pheasants and the grouse. I see. Well, uh, nice to have met you, Mr. Moore. Well, you just got here, lad. You're not leaving already. Oh, I'm sorry, I have to. You take care of the ducks and pheasant. I'm going to cook somebody's goose. <laughs> story you did on that park zoo, Matthews. It's the sort of thing that people remember. Well, thank you, sir. I don't imagine Mr. Tweed will have any appetite for wild duck today. <laughs> I hope not, sir. Now, if I can just get proof, facts and figures on the really big deals. I'm looking for Mr. John Matthews. Well, I'm John Matthews. Well, hello. What are you doing here? I didn't expect to see you to... Huh? I think you're a mean, low, rotten snake. What did you have against my father? Why did you have to get him in trouble? Everything was so wonderful and, and you got him fired. Fired from what? I... Hey! Wait a minute. This could easily become a habit. Look, look, I, I didn't get your father fired. I don't even know your father. Don't try to lie. You wrote a story about him in this morning's paper. This morning's paper? Oh. Then then he must be the little... Yes, he is. And next time, pick on someone your own size. <laughs> well, now there's a broth of a girl who's really seen him. Uh, a friend of yours, Matthew? No, sir, I wouldn't exactly say friend. That's the girl I'm going to marry. In just a moment, Deanna Durbin, Dick Haynes, and Charles Irwin will return to the Camel Screen Guild microphone in Act Two of Up in Central Park. Deanna Durbin was a screen star at an age when most girls are just starting algebra lessons. Now, in the finished perfection of her performance, she proves how important all that early experience has been. Yes, experience is the best teacher, whether it's in singing and acting or in choosing a cigarette. Millions of people smoke camels because they learn through experience that camels suit them best. They tried different brands of cigarettes and compared them for flavor, for mildness, and for all-round smoking enjoyment. And they learned that camels are best for rich, full flavor, cool, cool mildness. Yes, millions have learned that camels' choice tobaccos, properly aged and expertly blended, are just what they want in a cigarette. More people are smoking camels than ever before. Experience is the best teacher. Try a camel yourself. Let Camel's rich, full flavor and cool, cool mildness show you why more people are smoking Camel's than ever before. And remember, Camel's by the carton are the best buy. It saves you money and keeps the supply on hand. And now Camel Cigarettes present Dick Hames, Deanna Durbin, and Charles Irwin in Act Two of Up in Central Park. Oh, 
I suppose that love sometimes happens that way. Suddenly, blindingly, between a couple of slaps. When Rosie walked out, my face was tingling, but that was nothing compared to my heart. And so that evening found me back in Central Park, tapping hopefully on the superintendent's door. Yes, I'll be out in it. Oh, it's you. What are you doing here? I want to talk to you. Well, I don't want to talk to you. Look, look, I'm I'm sorry about this morning. I'm, I'm sorry you had to be upset, but... I, I can't say I'm sorry your father lost his job. That, that was a good thing for him. You mean to stand there and no, besides, say... Besides, I've got him another job. A, a good, honest job with the Times. You have? Why? Well, that, that should be rather obvious. He has a very charming daughter. Oh, believe me, when I met you yesterday... I know. You fell no. head over heels. You began to see stars. No, that was when you slapped me. No, that's... But, uh... Even then, I, I, I thought you were wonderful. I'm not. But I'm glad you think I am. Oh, Rosie, darling. Oh, John. You shouldn't. Do it again. Miss Moore? Uh, uh, oh, yes? Uh, Mr. Tweed sent me to fetch you, Miss. Oh, I, uh, uh... You'll have to wait. I, I'm not quite ready. Right, Lord. John, what is Tweed's carriage doing here? I was going to tell you about that. I, I went to see Mr. Tweed today, and he's going to make Father Superintendent again. So he won't be needing the job you got for him. So it's very sweet of you to do it. I see. You just walked in on Mr. Tweed and had him put your father back on. You must know him pretty well. Oh, no, I don't. But he was awfully nice about it. And I suppose you're going to run down there tonight to tell him how nice he is. Well, why shouldn't I? He's asked me to have supper with him, and I think he is nice. But I've told you what sort of man he is. You've told me a lot of things you can't even prove. Look! Oh, look, it's, it's silly for us to be yelling at each other. If we can't agree on Tweed, we... Well, we just won't discuss him. But I don't want you to go down there tonight. Oh, we won't discuss it. We'll just do it your way, is that it? Well, you're not going to tell me what to do or what sort of friends to make. Rosie, if you'll just listen I'm to me sorry. for a minute. I don't believe I have time. Well, I didn't sleep very much that night. And the next day was worse. Until I received a note from Rosie. Dear John, it said, I'm very sorry. Do you think we could have supper together at 8 o'clock at Stetson House? I was there before 8, walking on air again. And I suppose the head waiter was slightly puzzled. May I help you, sir? No, thanks. If I can help you, just let me know. Uh, did you have a reservation? Oh, yes. I had several until tonight. Now they're all gone. I haven't the slightest doubt about it anymore. She's, well, she's perfect. You were expecting a lady? Oh, believe me. That doesn't even begin to describe it. The air seems fresh. The lights grow bright. The walls are charged with dynamite. The artificial flowers bloom. When she walks in the room, the statues smile, the curtains wave, the big stuffed elf becomes her slave. The antique clock begins to boom when she walks in the room. The family album opens and relatives galore look up and smile like angels. Never smiled before. 
And as she stands so sweet and cool, while I stand waiting like a fool to meet my sweet and lovely doom. When she walks in the Might as well have them. My other girl didn't show up. <laughs> I believe I'll take them. As long as my other fellow isn't here to see me. Well, Miss Moore. Why, it's Mr. Twiggy. What a delightful surprise, my dear. Hello, Matthew. Nice to see you. Hello. I was just on my way to dinner. Won't you join me? Uh, Mr. Tweed, are you sure this is a delightful surprise or is it just delightful? <laughs> You're a very shrewd young man. Yeah. Yeah, frankly, Miss Moore and I did plan this meeting. I want to talk to you. Oh, really? About what? Well, I fancy myself a bit of a critic, Matthews, and it's my opinion that you could write a book, a book that would live. Yeah, I'd like to make it possible for you to do so. Uh, financially, I presume? Yeah. And naturally, you'd expect me to quit the Times while I was writing this book? Naturally. Well, it's a tempting offer, Mr. Tweed, but I'm afraid I'll have to turn you down. John, you're being... I know. I'm being stupid. But if some of us don't go on being stupid, your friend here will steal the whole country. Now, look, Matthews, don't you Mr. think... Mr. Tweed, you... I'm sure you'll excuse me if I don't accept your dinner invitation. And, Miss Moore, the next time you make an engagement with me, be sure and tell me who's coming with you. Don't worry. There won't be any next time. Mr. Tweed, shall we go into dinner? Of course, my dear. I should be charmed. <laughs> The weeks after that were pure misery. Rosie being seen about more and more with Tweed at restaurants, theaters, all sorts of gay parties. And I wasn't the only one who was hit. Rosie's father had finally seen the light. I tell you, John, I'm going to quit my job. I take no more favors from that thieving rascal. Oh, I wish you could make Rosie feel that way. Ah, uh, not her. She'll not listen to the smallest word against him. She's bewitched by the glitter of the man, beyond the fine promises he's made her. No, sir. She'll not be convinced till Tweed is in prison. How much chance of that right now, I'm afraid. Tweed's been too clever at covering his tracks. Well, why can't we be just as smart as he is? After all, we're educated men, aren't you? I wish I knew a way. I'm telling you. We know where the money goes in. All we have to do is to find where it comes out. And how do we do that? Do we just go down to the city hall and ask to see the books? No, that wouldn't be very intellectual, would it? On the other hand, we might go down to the city hall and take a look at the books without us. Oh, they put people in jail for breaking into places, especially city halls. Still, the way I see it, the odds are even. If they catch us, we go to jail. If they don't catch us, they go to jail. Would you try it, lad? What do you think? <laughs> Well, it was a long chance, but I suppose we were both a little desperate. And at that, it might never have paid off if it hadn't been for his honor, the mayor. We were snooping around his office when he walked in, though walk doesn't exactly describe it. You see, his honor, the mayor, was rather drunk. What's the meaning of this? Matthews, what are you doing in my office? Well, I can explain it all, Your Honor. Yes, you see, we come down to see you this afternoon, and you weren't here, sir. So we thought... Oh, I think I was too drunk to catch on, huh? 
think I'm too drunk to... What did you come to see me about? Well, no, uh, uh, you see, it was about... I, I, I wanted to get a statement, Your Honor. We, we were so shocked to hear you plan to resign. What's that? Resign? What are you talking about? Oh, didn't you know? Tweet has told a lot of people you're through. Through? That's what he said. Oh, but he couldn't have. Bill wouldn't do a thing like that to me. He better not try. Not with what I know. What do you know? Oh, I know plenty, I tell you. I know everything. I've got a copy of every single transaction here and the rest of them ever made. Now, wait a minute. Let me open this safe. I'll show you things will make your hair stand on end. I'll show you enough to put them all in jail. I'll show you enough to tear this whole town apart. I'll show you How did she take it, Mr. Moore? What did she say when she saw the headline? Not very much. She just said she didn't believe it. She'd have to hear him admit it himself. You mean she went down to see Tweed? Ah, don't worry, man. I've a feeling the glitter is all gone now. Look, there she is, coming across the path now. Would you, would you rather I thought it disappeared? Well, well could you? I mean... <laughs> sure, lad. I was young myself once. Good luck, my boy. Rosen. I suppose you've come to say I told you so. Well, go ahead and say it and get it over oh, I didn't come here to say that at all. I, I only came to tell you how much I love you. You needn't think I'm ashamed. I haven't done anything to be ashamed well, of. Of course you haven't. Of course you haven't. Lots of people were fooled by tweed. You mean you're not even angry with me? Well, how can I be? I just told you I love you. Oh, John. John, you're positively plummy. Rosie. Rosie, listen. The carousel. Remember, darling. Oh, I don't think I ever forgot. The stately old trees waltz around in the breeze near the small carousel in the park.
Greenfield microphone in just a moment. More doctors smoke camels than any other cigarette, according to a nationwide survey. Three leading independent research organizations asked 113,597 doctors what cigarette they smoked. The brand name most was Camel. Of course, doctors smoke for relaxation and enjoyment, just as everyone else does. And millions of smokers have learned that Camel's rich, full flavor and cool, cool mildness bring them greatest smoking enjoyment. Try a Camel on your T-zone, that T-shaped area that includes your taste and throat, where you judge any cigarette. See how your taste is delighted by Camel's rich, full flavor. See what your throat reports about Camel's cool, cool mildness. Now, a special word of thanks to our stars. Deanna and Dick, you've made our evening a very happy one. Well, Mike, we know that the proceeds from this show help support the Motion Picture Relief Fund and its country house and hospital. Believe me, it's always a pleasure to appear here. Right, Dick? Right. And I just want to offer an, an amendment. Each week, the makers of Camel cigarettes send free smokes to the men in servicemen's hospitals. This week, among other hospitals, free camels are being sent to Veterans Hospital, Knoxville, Iowa, U.S. Army and Navy General Hospitals, Hot Springs, Arkansas, and U.S. Marine Hospital, Ellis Island, New York. Happy smoking, fellas. Your free camels are on their way to you now. Good night, everybody. Good night. Each week, the Screen Guild players start their summer vacation, and of course, they'll be back again for camel cigarettes in the fall. But meanwhile, remember that camels will be on the air all summer. The Camel Caravan, starring Bon Monroe, will be heard over this network every Monday night, a half hour earlier than you've been hearing the Screen Guild players. It will be a weekly swing around the country to pick up your favorite tunes and cities and towns from coast to coast. And with Bon Monroe in the driver's seat, it promises you a lot of delightful summer listening. Look for it, the Camel Caravan, starring Bon Monroe, over this network next Monday night. Up in Central Park was directed by Bill Lawrence and adapted for radio by Harry Cronman with music conducted by Wilbur Hatch. Dick Thames appeared through the courtesy of Autolite. Deanna Durbin and Dick Ames can now be seen in the Universal Internationals up in Central Park. This is Michael Roy in Hollywood saying good night and won't you have a camel? This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System.